this week on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast. Ben and Lana Toller conclude their series called Worshiping in Spirit and Truth by summarizing past classes and giving practical application for our lives today. We want today to be a whole lot more interactive, so a lot of the success or failure or the length of time that we're here depends on you guys jumping in and, and being willing to ask questions. Um, and answer. <laughs> and answer questions, yeah, absolutely. So we'll do a little bit of both, um, but we want to sort of, not necessarily recap, but sort of take it to the next level. Based on the stuff that we've talked about up to this point, which again, just to recap um, for everybody, week one, the definition and like what what does it actually mean to worship and expanding that definition beyond just singing and raising our hands in a church service. Um, week two, talking about storytelling, which seems, again, a bit of a, a sidestep, but is much more about how we communicate messages to one another. Um, and that's an everyday thing. Like, we do that in giving instructions to our children, in um, giving answers to problems at school, like... Um, at work, wherever, uh, communicating things that happen to us that we want some kind of response um, from. Like, communicating messages often means we're saying something because we want a response. Um, and so setting up that message and response um, thing is, a, is, a, is a, an essential part of storytelling. Um, and when we apply that to the church, we start talking about the services and the orders of things and what we're doing being a storytelling event. It's not a fictitious story. It's just the communication of a message in a, in a method or a, a manner that points out the details and brings everything to a conclusion or a main point and asks us by its very nature to respond to it. Um, so that's that's an, a huge part of, of what the church is doing. And then week three, we talked about a lot of the ways that the church has done that throughout the years, um, starting with um, as much as we can gather from the, uh, the early church, we did sort of a flyby view of all of the different developments in, in major historical periods and things. We didn't dive down into a lot of like individual forms and things like that, but that, because that would you know, be a doctoral thesis at this point. Um, but there's there's lots to learn from that general idea and, and understanding that with the church orders, based on, on sort of how they've developed and where they came from, they're going somewhere, right? They're trying to communicate something. It's, it's storytelling within a sacred context. Um, and how we do that communicates a lot about what we believe about the me- messages that we're, that we're telling each other. Um, and then week four, um, we talked a little bit more about last week, talked a little bit more about how those elements are filled out with musical practice, particularly. Um, corporate worship is, at least in a modern context, almost indivisible from, or, or you know, you can't separate it from the idea of corporate singing. And that's a great thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, because music does a lot. It helps. Um, it's an emotional connection. So if we're talking about learning spirit and, tr- or worshiping in spirit and in truth, what better way to connect uh, concrete truths and ideas to sort of ineffable beauties and emotional responses than something that is both concrete and emotional in, in music. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that music is so emotionally powerful and is also practically mathematics is just a fascinating study um, that you 
could go again years and years and doctorates upon doctorates into um, but that's what makes it such a powerful tool of the church um, and that's sort of why we why we rely so heavily on it um, and we talked a little bit about how that works positives and negatives and things like that last week um, this week we just want to um, sort of summarize uh, maybe take it one step further apply it to our individual lives um, and then open it up for discussion because there's a lot of stuff that we've talked about um, but I know that there's a lot that we didn't talk about and we'd love to open open up some conversation and things like that today so um, just by way of moving it to the next level we're remembering that corporate worship in addition to its other benefits uh, in the moment of a service teaches us how to edify and to encourage ourselves to deeper, closer, more consistent, and effective devotion and growth into Christ-likeness. Essentially, what we have discussed about gathering together with other believers and worshiping corporately, whether that means reading scripture, being admonished by, um, by a good sermon, singing together those things, corporate worship teaches us how to edify and encourage ourselves. If we were to pare it down, that's what we mean. Um, it's, it's my life on your life in the moment saying, this is what I struggle with. This is true, so I'm going to sing it. This is true, so I'm going to ask you about it. This is true, so I'm going to serve you um, in whatever capacity that the church uh has needs in those those kinds of things like it's the practical application of what we believe it's practicing that together um so that's a huge huge aspect of, of that because again like we we sort of alluded to this before but if you don't if you're not practicing what you believe actively like putting feet to it then when you're surprised by something or when you're when you're out and you have the opportunity to either to choose between putting feet to your faith or putting feet to your fear. If you haven't practiced the faith putting, we tend to resort to the fear putting, right? And that's kind of the definition of our sin nature and outside of Christ, that's, that's our struggle. Um, so practicing that together is a huge part of our spiritual development and growth. Um, and so corporate worship becomes a huge thing. Um, for us. Specifically, we've talked about um, musical worship in spiritual development in the context of corporate worship. Um, but if we're using corporate worship to set, us up, set ourselves up for teaching ourselves how to live the Christian life day in and day out, some of that is going to inform the way that we um, encourage ourselves during the week as well. The, the ways that we develop spiritually during the week as well. Our devotional lives, if you will. Um, and music can be an incredible tool in our devotional lives as well. It's not just meant for the corporate worship experience. And I, without going too far into this as a rabbit trail, that's one of the reasons why I feel like the experience aspect of corporate worship, especially musical worship, is a little overplayed because it becomes about the feeling that you have in the moment, but you can't translate the feeling you, that you have in the moment to Tuesday. You can only translate the truth of what you were singing to or what you were experiencing, if you will, 
So the important part of the experience shouldn't be the emotional, the emotional experience, if that makes sense. It should be, it should be what you learned by being exposed to the truth and then responding to it emotionally, right? So you can, because you can translate that to Tuesday. You can say, "Ugh, my son did not sleep very well last night, and this is rough." Story. So yeah, tr very true story. <laughs> so, it was even Tuesday. So you know, there you go. <laughs> my son did not sleep very well. Good Monday night. I'm just pulling it out of my hat right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, and I'm struggling. But I remember on Sunday, we sang a song that talks about uh, mercy being new, new every morning. Steadfast love being renewed every morning. The love of God being ever-present and ever-faithful. Um, and it even has the phrase, every morning, in it. What does that do for you in that moment? Everything. It's, it's straight Bible, but it's got this emotional, musical impact. And a memorability thing. Like, we remember it. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes because I've been exposed to music as long as I have and like been a part of churches for as long as I have, sometimes when I hear a Bible verse quoted, sometimes two or three songs that are associated or pulled from that Bible verse almost immediately come to mind, and then it's stuck in your head all day. And that can be annoying at some points, but other times it's great because you keep that keeps running through your mind. Um, we were singing a, a song a couple nights ago at a rehearsal that I... I um, was a part of, and the refrain was, um, I shall not want, right? And it's this very simple message from the Psalms, but oftentimes when we speak that to ourselves, it, it's a passive thing, like, I shall not, the Lord leads me beside still waters, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't have to worry about anything, whatever. But within the context of, the, of that song, it means I won't want, I won't covet, I won't agonize over the things that I'm concerned with. I won't, I won't anxiety, if that makes sense, right? I won't fear. I won't want. I shall not want because of all of these things that you've done. And that musical ref refrain going back and forth in my head, whether, whether or not you need it, you don't always know, but sometimes it impacts you. And I know it's been impacting me um, today. Like, so those kinds of things happen all the time when we inundate our lives with music because they just pop up. Um, anybody who experienced music, music in the 60s, 70s, and 80s can probably attest to this. Music just pops up every now and then um, in, the, in the grocery store, in the wherever, but it just comes to mind for whatever reason. Um, I didn't grow up in any of those eras, but I know about a lot of that music, and there's, even for me, it's there. Um, not in the same way as it is for, for others, but it's important. So we, we can use musical worship in our own personal, private spiritual development. Studying the music from the local church is a great way to do that. Um, the music that you sing in church, that your church sings, um, it's, it's a little antiquated to, to look at it this way. Um, but if, if you think practically, every church has its own hymnal in a sense, even if there's no physical book. Like, mm -hmm. they have a set of songs that are on rotation. A great way to connect um, the service with the week 
is to make those songs part of your everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, and what Lana's done, and hopefully we'll be able to, hopefully at some point we can translate this into a, a much broader like church-wide thing. But what, what Lana started to do, she started a, uh, made a, a Spotify playlist of a lot of the songs that she knows that we use at Emmaus. And actually looked, and wants like, to, better order yeah, yeah, yeah. And wants to make it available have. to you guys so that we yeah. can start connecting on a weekly basis with, with those kinds of things. Um, we talked last time about like it would be nice to have a list, and that's great, um, but if we can catch the stuff that's on rotation, because we do use the same songs a lot, which mm -hmm. is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it, but it can be both. Um, very, 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 very positive to be familiar with things. We should listen to them. Um, I have my own opinions about what the quality of what is or isn't on the radio or you know all that kind of stuff, but regardless of that, the stuff that you sing in church really should be a part of our lives, and we have the technology to make it work, so why not? Mm -hmm. um, so that can be really helpful. Listening well, um, we, we need to learn how to, to listen well in a modern music-filled world. Um, part of our spiritual development should be inundating our lives with the music that our church is using to help remind us of spiritual truths. But then honestly, we should probably evaluate the stuff that we're all listening to um, in addition to that. Because not only are we gonna learn um, deeper things about the truths that we affirm, we're also gonna start listening a little bit ca more carefully um, and, and be able to discern. Um, there was a, a song on the radio a, a little while ago, and I, I, this is sort of my classic example, um, and, and I, I don't remember the even the name of the song or the artist or anything, so I, I hope I'm not offending anyone when I say this, but there's a song on the radio several years ago that went, the refrain went something like, Lord, please help me remember that, I'm, that I was someone worth dying for. And it feels catchy and encouraging and all this kind of stuff until you think about what the gospel actually says. And the story of the gospel is that we were dead in trespasses and sins, enemies of God, when he came and died for us. It wasn't about our worth. We didn't have it until We didn't after. have it until... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but sometimes those positive, encouraging, mm -hmm. happy-feeling phrases sneak past our guard and influence our worldview. And it does. And we, we need to be able to listen well. We need to, we need to make it a part of our lives, but make it a part of our lives if it's the truth. Because we don't want to respond emotionally to something in a positive way that's not God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, and that's a spiritual discipline, like being able to discern. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're not, you're not going to be doing that well if you're not inundated with the scripture. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a challenge to, to make that uh, part of your life. So studying music from your local church, listening well to the music around you can be part of your spiritual development. Um, and in addition to that, like, not everybody may consider themselves songwriters here, but if you've ever been around a child and you've had to make up a song on the spur of the moment for a child, it happens all the time. Um, you are all on some level songwriters. You're remembering something, you're learning, you're communicating a truth in music. That can be really helpful mm -hmm. for our own spiritual development because if there's not a song that goes with whatever we're learning right now, make it up. It doesn't have to be recording level. Sing it to yourself. Nobody else has to know. All right. And like how, <laughs> how special and unique for your family to have a little, 
you know, a short little mm-hmm. song of something that is like a value to your family or something that you're trying to train your kids up mm-hmm. in. You know, just as a seen, little... seen people use like songs that they made memory. up for their family for memory verses and yeah. for, you know, like responding to, hey, yeah. don't hit your brother. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't have to be anything fantastic. Sure. Um, be kind one to another yeah. kind of things. Those work. I think I sing one to Rowan about like being patient and like, I will wait here patiently and all those things. Of course, he, yeah, he doesn't understand speech yet, but that's beside the so point. So good. Um, no, those are. You're building it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Spirit prays for us in utterances that we cannot understand. Um, That's right. So that's those are huge ways to take the power of music and use it for our own devotional life. And that, I I mean, those are all suggestions. Take them or leave them as they are helpful to you. But I think those are really, really um, important things. And not only music, but we can also consider like liturgy as part of our daily life as well. there are lots of different rhythms and forms that the historical church has used um, that can be really beneficial for us. Um, there are lots and lots of prayer practices and things like that, that that people have come up with. I don't know about you, like sometimes I try to do the dutiful Christian thing and I get down on my knees or I sit on my bed or I go out into nature or something and I want to pray and suddenly I'm asleep. Or I'm thinking about all the things that I should be doing at work, or you know all the you know all of this other stuff that happens, um, and something as simple as praying through the Psalms, using a book of prayers that already exists. We've talked about Valley of Vision several times. Mm-hmm. Um, using some of those that strike that strike home to you, um, even recording <clears throat> recording the ideas and prayers that you hear in services mm-hmm. that mean something to you. I mean, those kinds of things are great. Praying scripture back to God, praying through the Psalms. It doesn't have to be the Psalms. It doesn't have to be poetic. It could be anything. Um, You know, those kinds of published existing prayers are really great to guide, to guide us. Now, we can get to the place where we do the God is great, God is good, and now we thank him for our food, amen, kind of thing, (laughs) where it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, It's just 7,000 middle schoolers reciting at once. Um, (laughs) But it can, maybe elementary, middle school, um, but it can be, those kinds of recorded things can be very challenging and initiating to our hearts. I think, again, one of the most beautiful things that I remember hearing in recent memory about dealing and responding in worship is worship where you want to be, not where you are. Because um, sometimes the things that we sing in music, we don't necessarily believe 100%, but we know we believe it. If that makes sense. Um, well, it's that, oh, help my unbelief. Yes, exactly. One of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. Um, it's, it's such an honest expression mm-hmm. of where I find myself so often. Um, and having something to guide ourselves through, incredibly helpful, incredibly practical. Um, and that can be something that someone else came up with or something that you came up with. Feel free to write prayers out. Some, some people will journal prayers, and that can be really helpful. Um, I, there's also a, a, there's like uh, spiritual discipline practices, like making a rule of life, things that are like, this is, this is the way that I'm going to respond in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. Just not that you're holding yourself to it legalistically or anything, or you're holding other people to it legalistically, mm-hmm. rather, but that you have established something that says, this is what I believe. 
your own personal credo, if you will. Those can be incredibly, incredibly powerful because it's it's personal. Um, We've even seen families that have created like a family, mm-hmm. what do they call it, mission or something Yeah, like, like that. family mission statements, yeah. things like that. That's Those cool. can be really helpful. Again, it's not about it's not about anything magical about the form or about the, the rhythm. It's about what it helps you do and what it helps how it helps you focus on the truth and how it helps you respond, um, even if it's sort of a response that you have built into your life to be automatic. Like that's a great discipline. Uh, of course, I say this needing conviction in my own heart, but discipline is one of those things that we've sort of lost in in a lot of Protestant um, evangelical churches just because we don't want to be held to form because the form got out of hand in other situations from our perspective, and so we've resisted it. It's really It can be a really helpful thing to stick to, stick to some of those kinds of uh, disciplines. Um, Bible, reading and ske- Bible reading schedules and plans... Um, there's a, there's a great, actually, uh, I have a podcast, um, we use the ESV translation at Emmaus, um, and they actually have an ESV lectionary, um, podcast, which the lectionary mm-hmm. is like a division of the scripture into, sometimes it's two years, sometimes it's four year, um, like cycles where mm-hmm. they go through and, and every passage of scripture is read. You read every passage of scripture over the course of two years or something like that. And so it divides it into really easy chunks. And if you've got it on your on your phone and you're listening to an iPad or a, your, um, I just said the word, sorry, podcast. a podcast. Thank you. An <laughs> iPad. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast, that's a really easy way to stay connected to your study of the scripture. And that's probably not the only thing we should be doing, but it's certainly helpful mm-hmm. and certainly keeps the scripture rehearsed in our minds. Uh, devotional plans happen a lot, are, are really, really helpful too. You can get booklets, you can get un- topical ones, you can get uh, passage-based ones, like going through Second Thessalonians or, you know, whatever. Uh, second Samuel, I don't know why I'm stuck on second, but um, Second Psalms, you know, those, that's not a thing. Um, other, other rhythms of the, of the church that, that has been used historically, um, I use the term Selah because we're dealing musically, but honestly, a, a Selah or a Sabbath, a rest, we don't rest very well in our culture, and that's clearly part of the spiritual life in Scripture, um, and I say that from a place of lack for myself, knowing that God calls me to trust Him with my time and take a pause every now and then, um, that's hard. But those kinds of things can be really helpful, having those practices. Um, practices of things like silence and solitude, getting away. We talk and listen and produce so much all the time. Um, and sometimes it's better to, like, it's, it's easy for me to say I can listen to a podcast and that's great. That's my devotional or whatever. I'm, I'm learning. I'm do- this is positive. It might just be as beneficial to take a clue from Jesus and go out into the wilderness and just be silent for a little while. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean going out into the wilderness, but you know what I mean. Finding a place of, of rest, of silence, of solitude. Mm-hmm. You and the Lord. Um, all of those are practices that the, the church has used in times past and can be really beneficial to us. And we take our cue from corporate worship uh, within the service or, or the way that we've done things historically throughout the church um, and applying them to our everyday lives, our individual spiritual growth. So all of that, this entire five-week process to say we're supposed to worship God in everything that we do. 
every action, attitude, thought, word, deed, all of those things are to be brought into submission to Christ. That's a huge ask. So one of the ways that we try to do that is by gathering together and encouraging one another to grow. Um, and then taking what we learn in those corporate gatherings and going, to, going on our own and doing those things throughout the week and then reconnecting with other believers and encouraging one another again and going out and doing more and coming back and encouraging one another. Um, it's, not a, it's not a works-based salvation kind of idea. It's a progressive sanctification idea. We are in this to become, if, if we're doing what we say we're supposed to be doing or, or what we believe that we should be doing, we're trying to be closer um, to an image of Christ as we keep moving forward in our lives, becoming more and more like him. Um, and corporate worship is a huge help in that endeavor. Mm -hmm. The way that the scripture presents it, I would even go as far as to say an indispensable part of our spiritual development mm -hmm. and growth. That make sense? So that's sort of where we, where we leave you on that front. Um, but we do have some questions that I think we'd like to get some responses on from you. And then after a few of those um, maybe we'll open up. What time is it? I want to be. We want to be cautious of our time. Um, so we'll ask a few of these questions. Um, we got some discussion ideas, um, and then uh, maybe open up to some just like general forum kind of questions and things like that. Whatever you guys want to talk about or, or have any questions about, and we'll go on from there. Cool. All right. So the first one we got is um, what are the things that prove to be distractions to you during corporate worship? What are the things that pull you away. I was actually paying attention to that on Sunday. So I was thinking like, well, honestly, you should know your distractions. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you distracting? <laughs> this endeavor. <laughs> That's great. How did, you, how did you how did you feel like that changed things for you? Well I or was trying it? I was trying to think of things like it helped me be maybe be a little more focused. Mm -hmm. Like what is like, is that thing pulling me away, just paying mm -hmm. more attention? You know, mm -hmm. kind of like if you were taking the SAT and you're like, you need to really be quiet and you need to fo you know, you need to focus on what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe a clicky pen is called, you know, <laughs> sure, those kinds sure. of right. things. I don't think anything really stood out to me until I think Warren started like, my hair, <laughs> you know, or something like I was like, this is a little distracting. Kids. <laughs> Love it. But I don't think there was anything, um, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, you'll hear, if you hear someone's, not in like a critical way, because I know music happens and things mm -hmm. happen, but sometimes you'll hear like, something's a little off, or like, mm -hmm. sure. and that kind of will like, pull my chest, it's like, okay, that doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Right. <laughs> you know, those kind of like, just checks, mm -hmm. but they will kind of like, oh, what is, like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. My ear's catching something, like, what is it? That That's doesn't good. matter. It doesn't matter what your ear is catching. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Because it's, uh, I mean, I will probably keep it in mind is it through, mm -hmm. you know, through the weeks. Like, yeah, is there something that's, I know, visually I get distracted. So sometimes the um, slides behind the words can be distracting. Okay. That's not stupid. Yeah. Oh, no, that's interesting. No. Like if it's moving I, or something. Well, there was one the other week that looked like a biology slide. <laughs> it looked like a blood, slide of blood or something. And oh, I was just like, huh, it's like cell walls in the cell. 
That is not a biologist slide. <laughs> Stop looking at it. That's hilarious. When the, uh, when, when the lyric slides become Rorschach tests. <laughs> well. <laughs> what do you see in the lyrics? Right? <laughs> Cell walls. There's the mitochondria. <laughs> Or too little of a break for this girl. I don't know. All right. Anybody else? We'll jump through these so as not to have large, awkward pauses. All right. How about, are there areas of style or flow of corporate worship that you felt disconnected to in the past that you now feel you understand a little bit better? I think basically, like, whenever we have, like, the extended musical interludes mm-hmm. in some of the songs, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, a lot of the times it was just like, just go to the next words. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, what do I do? Here, like, the music is pleasant. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys said the same thing 25 times. Right, right. right. <laughs> but, you know, after the really breaking down the Selah concept, mm-hmm. you know, that like you know take time what were we just talking about yeah where is that in mm-hmm. the Bible? Mm-hmm. that's cool mm-hmm. that's cool I like that mm-hmm. yeah definitely because sometimes those things can be really distracting especially if it's like either like nothing is happening it's just like ambient sound or it's it feels like a guitar, guitar solo, solo right okay alright yeah, what do I do um, no, that can be really distracting and, mm-hmm. and taking a moment to, to think about it or maybe mm-hmm. um, focusing on the. I've noticed the same thing like, okay, there's a break. Yeah, instead of like waiting, like, wait till we sing again, like, where are we coming back? When are we coming back in again? Right. Kind of thing. Is the verse on the bottom that mm-hmm. they put yeah, on the bottom? Yeah. That. Is to be able to read that, knowing that there is a story going through, like, mm-hmm. Jeremy has planned what we're singing, mm-hmm. to be able to read the verse, right. like, maybe better understand the message that's mm-hmm. being sense and mm-hmm. to be able to focus versus like oh that's a cool guitar <laughs> <laughs> isn't it so funny how when i mean i i know that this happens to me when i'm not focused on the fact that we started the service and we're going to end the service and in between we're talking about all the same things that when we're in the middle of one of those songs and there's a break and there's a verse up there my mind sort of just blankly like reads it but does it doesn't mean anything but then when you're actively thinking about, mm-hmm. okay, this is connected to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. it changes. Like it like it transforms and comes alive in front of your eyes. Like, oh, that's what that means in that mm-hmm. moment. Those can be really great moments. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. Um, what do you feel like, well, okay, what do you feel like is your goal or purpose in corporate worship? Most of us here are not like worship leaders. Right, so so being involved in corporate worship, what's your goal or what's your purpose as a congregant? I would say to to receive through through the worship team or who is presenting the worship part of the service what God has put in it for me. Mm-hmm. It might not be the same, I mean, God is certainly capable of putting different things in to one worship sure. service for every person. Absolutely. So, what is it that he wants me to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. 
because he wants me to he he wants me to see or hear something. Mm-hmm. I love that answer, especially considering the idea of like he he can put things into the minds of everyone involved that may be slightly different or from different perspectives, mm-hmm. right? So if we are all mindful of of what's being communicated and we're thinking through it, and I have this vision of it, and I and you have that vision of it, and everybody's sort of got their own not interpretation or like retranslation of the scripture like what does this mean to you but we've all seen the truth from a different perspective it's focus right? different the, the focus or the, yeah our our own lives influence the way that we hear things right this is all available to us if we're willing to connect with each other right so like part of our jobs as corporate worshipers is yes 100 percent to be a part of to be a part of that by Listening and taking care, t- taking in the the message that God's sending to us, mm-hmm. but then to reconnect with the entire body of Christ and come up with this whole multifaceted view of what God is communicating to us through this truth, like that's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. It's um, le- what's the phrase? Leveraging someone else's faith mm-hmm. is that what it was? The idea of, like, I'm struggling with something in my life, so I'm going to use your experience of faith to help me out. Mm -hmm. Because my experience is leaving me in a place where I'm flat. Mm -hmm. I've got nothing. That's the beauty of the local church. I mean, among many other things. But the beauty of the local church is that we don't have to only have our own faith to to go off of. We have the faith and the perspective and the knowledge and the life experience of everyone in the local church Mm -hmm. if we're willing to connect to it. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. The whole edifying, the whole edifying one another. Because I was thinking last week we were talking about uh, not it not being such an isolated as a worship team member, just this isolated. Close your eyes. It's you worshiping, but you're. This is part of an encouraging and edifying. I mm-hmm. think Catherine, Jeremy's wife, when she sings, it's a very. Um, I feel like she's very edifying mm-hmm. and very encouraging for others to worship. Not just, I'm up here and I'm worshiping, right. mm-hmm. but she speaks scripture and she speaks mm-hmm. prayer. And when she sings, it feels like you're getting to see a piece of Jesus that she's seeing. Mm-hmm. She's share- you're getting to see something that maybe, I mean, the whole, you're experiencing something and you're connecting with someone else. And wow, like I wasn't seeing that but watching you or hearing mm-hmm. what you're praying like oh I'm seeing that now right. and that is encouraging mm-hmm. me to worship or when Jeremy pulls the bands out slightly or you pull mm-hmm. the lead guitar you pull the drums and you can hear the congregation mm-hmm. and being able to hear others around you singing to the same God or to hear my son singing to the same God I'm worshiping is uh, I mean and to be able to be that for someone else, someone standing next yeah. to me, maybe they are discouraged and they can't, right. but they can hear the body around them yes. singing and worshiping and speaking truth. Mm-hmm. The edifying, I think I thought about more after last week, like, mm-hmm. oh, that is really important. I find that more encouraging than I even really thought about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I like, I like that yeah. part of yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting how, like, the things that we like or we appreciate, like, we were talking the other day about, or the other week about not trying to build all of our appreciation of, of worshipful, worshipful experience or congregational singing off of what we like, but there's something in what we do appreciate that is a reflection of the truth. And if we can figure out what that is, 
then we can share even that with other people, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that, you like when the band pulls out. It's not just a stylistic choice, it's a communication effort. Mm-hmm. We're pulling this out so that everybody in the congregation can remember, this is for you too, and this is for you, and mm-hmm. it's not just for us to proclaim, it's as the band, it's for you to proclaim as fellow believers. Or the, like, uh, echo, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a style yeah. thing too, the, the leaders speak and the echo back. But that is a very, it's a very edifying mm-hmm. type of a song when you're able to be quiet and listen Absolutely. and then to speak back and to be quiet and listen. To speak, I mean, it's just a very, um, when you think of it much more dynamically than just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is an echo song. Like, yes. that's our part. Right, right. It means <laughs> something. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yeah. and that, that's, I, I love that just simply because it's so hard to to talk about all the different ways that we do it and right. sort of like listed it categorically and have it mean anything more than just here's a lot of information but when we realize why we're doing it right. it changes things mm-hmm. and it's even more to me it's even more like moving when I'm in community with the people around me even with an earshot of me is really cool mm-hmm. because I know the story of someone two rows away who just lost a family member you know Mm -hmm. and how much like how much more am I moved (laughs) by watching them worship it like it brings me to tears of someone else's experience Mm -hmm. not even my own Mm -hmm. um so again it's like that community piece also makes the experience even richer yeah absolutely um that's great those are wonderful wonderful answers um what can you, and this is sort of a little redundant after the last question, but we'll ask it anyway. Um, I wrote it, so I'm only blaming myself. Um, what can you do as a non-musician to worship well in a musical setting? If you consider yourself not a musical person, what can you do to worship well in a musical setting? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I'd say be involved in I mean, all the kind of things we were talking about, be involved. Be a, I think Lana has said several times, like, you can always, you can, you can stop and you can see someone else and you can pray for them. So maybe someone lost something. I mean, just this involvement in what's happening, I think. Yeah. Participate. Don't yeah, absolutely. Be a player. Even if you're there. not, even if you're right. not the lead, you participate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It's a simpler one based on what we've yeah. discussed, but yeah, sometimes that's hard. And I know at the beginning of our conversation, we had several people here who were saying, you know, I get to worship and I have a little hard time, a hard time engaging because I'm not a music, I'm not a singer. I don't, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a musician. I don't do all this kind of stuff very well. Um, but the encouragement from the scripture is sing, 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 mm-hmm. sing over and over and over again. Be a participant. Um, raise that joyful noise. Um, <laughs> It's it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was an old uh, commercial. It's funny. So you know, even like if somebody can't sing well, God yeah. still wants them to praise and sing. Absolutely. Well. Mm-hmm. And and um, they when they played this little radio snippet, the guy was like off key and everything, and he's singing. But then they were kind of like translating to what God hears, mm-hmm. and it was like beautiful. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. And it's just a reminder that you know it's really just important that you praise yeah. God. It doesn't really matter what you sound like. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this guy sees the heart. There's a it's like Lana said, it's only about two rows, probably, that's only. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. 
like a two row. At least the way your family is buffering you a little. Exactly. Don't worry. Just make sure it's friends. You're just gonna put cousin George in the middle of that row. No. Honestly, like, there's an incredibly humbling passage of scripture that just, like, sort of puts all of us in perspective as much as, like, it's fun to be musical, it's fun to be creative, it's fun to do all these things, but, like, you, you come down to it and the Bible says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The good things that we bring to God, we, apart from Him and apart from the worth that He instills in us by giving us... Uh, redemption and giving us a relationship with him they're nothing they're not worth anything Mm -hmm. so to be all proud and puffed up about what we can do or be reverse it be self-conscious self-conscious and and I'm debating on using the term false humility but like having that sense of like no I'm not I'm not gonna participate that's not for me that command in scripture is not for me because I can't sing that's sorely overestimating what we think we can or cannot give to God. Mm-hmm. Um, because our the best that we could bring to Him is worthless anyway without Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that gives it worth is is His own presence and His Spirit moving in our in our hearts and lives. So it's something for us all to remember. Even non musicians bring joy. Even a Cheerio bracelet that Rowan made, even if it wasn't, he isn't a professional jeweler, would still right. bring Lana great joy. Exactly. So it doesn't have to, uh, we can be humble and still yeah. bring Well, and there are a lot of diamond joy. bracelets that don't bring joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like knowing both sides of it, mm-hmm. it's it's in the perspective and the love of the relationship of the, right. the people involved that... that the worth comes, if you will. Mm-hmm. I will speak for a lot. I know you could not even burst. Great joy. Great joy. Yeah, we're gonna have to. I see you, Walmart Jewel Sam. Um. I did that. Yeah, let's talk about this one. Yeah. What is the most memorable worship experience that you've been a part of, and how did it impact your life? So what are the things that you remember from it that have changed things? Because I think we can all say we've been a part of a worship experience that was like, oh, yeah, but what's different? What do you remember that has changed things for you? I feel like this is one of those, like, what's your favorite songs? Mm-hmm questions it's a little hard to hard to respond to it's a little harder than the serial one <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> I think my favorite one would be the first time I actually played piano in one of the Ardios worship events mm-hmm. that like you know you were like hey do you guys want to do this and I was like okay sure <laughs> and so I did it and I think I don't. I can't really put a finger on how it impacted me, but I can say that like it really put into perspective for me because I had been part of Gwinnett Church for so long. Worship had kind of been a little bit disconnected for me, and that really kind of just put it back into focus. Mm-hmm. Like this is about God and me and all the believers around me, and I'm 
helping communicate his message to all those around me, yeah. mm-hmm. even amongst the members of the band, <clears throat> talking beforehand, rehearsing beforehand and afterwards, and then just the whole experience, like being in the midst of it. It's all like, it's very much more connected than I could have remembered or been a part of in Gwinnett. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. this is this is way much more personal mm-hmm. than I could have ever thought of mm-hmm. if I was still like active in Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think it's I think yeah. it's always it's it always changes things when we actively participate, mm-hmm. or or like when the venue. When the venue changes like that for you, it's it's it doesn't necessarily mean that one or the other environment was the key because mm-hmm. we don't want it. It's not about the environment, right? It's about the truth. But mm-hmm. what are we doing in those moments? And for you, at least partially, participating <coughs> by playing or for those of us who can't play an instrument, participating by singing or praying or being a part of the experience in that way, like giving to it changes the way that we interact with the truth. Mm-hmm. It's not just a passive receptivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes environments can, can breed passive receptivity, but when we put ourselves in a position where we're sort of forced to be a part of that and forced to give, um, whether that means playing or just saying to ourselves, okay, self, we're going to engage mm-hmm. with this, um, it changes things. That's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, One of our... One of the previous churches we went to, I was, um, well, a couple of them. I was on the worship team for a while. Um, but the last one, it was, just, it was being, being, a par- being a part of that group kind of enabled me to worship more freely. Mm-hmm. Because, I, because, I don't know, I took it, being on a team as... Um, God, God needed to use me, you know, f- for the, for the overall experience of worship, and so I needed to give myself fully to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I really like that. I like to, I like to, try to pick a part of harmony when the band is playing that mm-hmm. nobody else is singing, mm-hmm. so that I can make the experience more full for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's what I like. That's um, for those of us who have that like musical side of things, adding to adding, adding your own unique, not, not in a distracting way, but adding your own unique input or, or part helps you can, can sometimes help you to connect. Yeah. I have been in situations myself where that has been a pride thing, um, where I've tried to put, I'm going to like impress everybody with my heart singing skills, (laughs) but when it truly means something. Yeah. That's a great way to jump in and be, and be mm-hmm. a part of that. And honestly, that's metaphor. Uh, that's a metaphorical way of looking at our involvement in the entire church experience. Mm-hmm. The, the local church gathering is about a bunch of disparate personalities and people coming together, offering all of their gifts, um, and finding a way to be uniquely helpful in mm-hmm. some way. Um, that's certainly mm-hmm. part of what we should be working towards. Well, and if, if, if I can jump in on one other thing, there was something mm-hmm. on my mind after the third I think it was the third mm-hmm. class when you guys were talking about liturgy mm-hmm. uh, um, that the the two root words that for liturgy come together to mean minister mm-hmm. and minister in turn means to serve mm-hmm. and liturgy is supposed to serve us as we worship it's not supposed to be 
the thing right. that we worship. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so, um, and so I appreciate what Johnny is saying because I think it's there are different environments in which in in which we are able to connect with God and what He has for us mm. more right. than in other ones. Sure. And, and and so you know there have been churches that we've been a part of like um, that we we didn't feel like spiritually we could stay for one reason or another. Sure. Um, and it's, it's the liturgy. So, mm-hmm. you know, then we find a place that serves us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. I, you know, it, but it, it's sad that the liturgy of Protestant churches has put us so at odds with one another because mm-hmm. it's, the liturgy doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The way, the way that we conduct ourselves is the way that we tell that story. I mean, we, there's some flexibility there. And we certainly don't want to go outside of the realm of what the Bible seems to allow or, you know, mm-hmm. like do anything that would that would seem contrary to the nature of Christ. But there are so many things mm-hmm. within that possibility realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do. We do tend to create an us versus them. This is the mm-hmm. way we do church. This is the way they do church. And mm-hmm. never the twain shall meet. And, you know, they'll have their <laughs> separate part of heaven and we'll have our better part of heaven. It'll be good, you know. All the all the people that we don't agree with will leave, live in the new Earth version of somewhere way far away from the United States, and you know, like so. Yeah, we can we can tend to make that a big deal. Um, I, I I do appreciate what you're saying about the about the liturgy serving us and mm-hmm. and us then turning back and and using our place in it, our involvement in it to serve the church. It's supposed to be a symbol. The, the the local church is supposed to be symbiotic. We're supposed to work with one another. We're supposed to be together. It's community, um, and often it's just live theater. That's sort of all we see it as, and it's sad because it's supposed to be a practice, growth, service environment, mm-hmm. and it can be if we let it. Um, it just sort of depends on our perspective, and and. What we're willing to do, you know. I, I mean, I think we've even, we even, Lana, you can speak to this, I'm sure, but we've even gone through seasons where it felt like, you know, our own involvement was up or down or like whatever, as far as really being connected to the church through, you know, circumstances. There was a good long while where we were out of service because, you know, we just had our first child, and you know, there were there were there was lots of stuff going on, and those can those can seem like dry spells and then there can be feel like real rich seasons where our mm-hmm. service and involvement is mm-hmm. is impacting our own lives and like it's it's important to notice those kinds of things because it does have it does make a difference in our mm-hmm. our spiritual walk how we're involved and how we're serving the church um, because Again, it's it's that community back and forth. When we are giving to the church, we're also receiving. It's the let every man bear his own burdens kind of thing, but at the same time, let every man bear his neighbor's burden. Um, it's it's that that beautiful togetherness mm-hmm. idea. To me, that's where it delineates between being a consumer and being a worshiper, because the consumer um, comes, gets what they want. If they come back and they don't get what they want, they're gone, mm-hmm. right? There's no like... And I'm speaking of us in relationship to the church, right. like not just one church, right? Well, or a local right. church, yeah. Sure. 100%. And essentially, as a consumer, if you're like, eh, not for me, you're out. There's no relationship. There's no, 
you know, commitment, I suppose you could say, to the body of Christ. But if we're moving towards worship her, like our goal is, we know and we expect there to be dry seasons. And we expect there to be times when we don't. Services that were a little more difficult to engage with, like we talked about yesterday, having to do the hard work because right. that's not your favorite style or you don't really know that song very well. Um, that's, that's for me, more of a relationship. That's more of a, a beautiful thing um, that shows how Christ is faithful to us um, in the seasons where we've run off and been like Jonah trying to get a ride elsewhere and yeah, he still pursued us, so don't we owe it to him to stick around? What other questions do you guys have? Anything that we didn't cover um, over the course of the weeks that, that you felt like you came into the class with questions about or, or maybe things that were raised during the course of our discussions that, that you feel like you want, you'd like clarity on, anything mm-hmm. like that? further points of interest from you? You were very thorough. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Super visual, so like this, like Is the, it helpful? The, oh, like, ex, like extremely helpful oh, because good. really seeing something makes a huge difference. So good, just yeah. that you took the time to do the slides, I mean, mm. some people are like, oh, like so professional kind of thing, but for me, it's extremely helpful because mm. if I can see something, yeah, me too. Sure. I can get it so much better than just someone, not that you aren't interesting to listen to, but seeing it really <laughs> cements it yes. for me. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. I can see it. I can get it. I can see mm. pinpoints in my head. Like that I can, mm-hmm. that sticks and I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to make all the efforts to bring cool. it all together. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. And y'all, you were very thorough. Well, thank you. Anything else? I like y'all tag team it. Oh. It was nice to hear lots. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's great. Yeah, no, that's fine. You guys want to hear it? But um, the first one was you said you mentioned the Sela content. I missed that. Oh. That was so I'd really like to hear about this. A Sela concept. Concept was that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, about filling that space maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I. That word is very special to Ben, so I'll let you take that okay. one. <laughs> um, in the Psalms, uh, there's a designation that repeats a lot, and it's it's just the word Selah. Um, and scholars are really, really divided on what it means. Um, it could be a musical notation, it could be uh, a key change indicator, it could be um, any number of things musically, but a lot of people believe... Um, that it, it, it means to take a moment to think about what's just been said. Sort of a, um, the Lord's mercies renew every morning. Think about that. And even that there might have been a musical pause where the indication was just they were supposed to take it in. Um, and so we applied that sort of retroactively to some of the things that happen in modern worship services where there's a big instrumental break or, you know, things are... Mm-hmm. Sometimes that silence can be a great a great motivator for ourselves to, to commune with what's going on rather mm-hmm. than just to say, I wonder what's going to be for lunch. Um, you right. know, so those... those that, taking that... Yeah. 
taking the cue of yeah. even the Psalms and saying, yeah. all right, I'm going to take a Selah moment here. And to be really active. Think about yeah. It. yeah, to actively mm-hmm. think about it. What are you doing? Think yeah. about it. Wow. Yeah. Um, my second question was, um, so I think in um, the other class that I was in, you um, had asked everybody, so when you go to worship service, how, how are you like connecting? Do you emphasize more on emotional, or do you emphasize more on um, spiritual truths? Do you remember mm-hmm. that class when you kind of asked people? Yeah. So what are you thinking? Um, and today you talked a little bit more about, um, you know, um, more of the, I think, the truths, and we talked about affirming those things and stuff when, when we're worshiping. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you come up with as, like, the proper balance of balance of both? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you... How did you resolve it, basically? Yeah. I think... Yeah. Asked, yeah. How did you resolve <laughs> the okay. spirit truth, yeah, bringing exactly. things into kind of... Versus swinging to the pendulum to one mm-hmm. end or swinging to the other. Right. How do you balance it out? don't want it just to be an emotional experience mm-hmm. because right. that's not good. Like you said, right. it's nothing that you're decisioning on that's affecting your life. It was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. emotional. So the proper blend, mm-hmm. do you see a proper blend there? Or? I mean, ideally, we should all be, I think, striving for that blend mm-hmm. and it will look different. I, I don't I have a hard time answering that one. I think, yeah. well, I, think, I will say one mm-hmm. thing. It's one thing, yeah. it is one thing. I know what it looks like to only worship in truth I know what it looks like to only worship in spirit right so like for example if I only worship in truth everything would be um, you know a rich uh, receiving of words and thinking of thoughts and thinking big deep theological thoughts about God and all those things can be wonderful what what swings it towards the middle is when now I take what I know of my life um, what I know that what has God done in my life and now there's an emotional attachment to it. Like, one is true. Like, those things are still true, but it's something completely different to have your own personal story tied to that. Like, that's when things are powerful. Not just when things are emotionally moving, but when they're both true and both um, moving and meaningful to you. I don't, I don't know. It's a little bit of Well, if, if you know that you're more one or the other. Yes. Mm-hmm actively engaging with yourself to say, okay, I'm responding emotionally to this. Yes. What mm-hmm. is the truth that I'm hearing? Right. right. How can I apply that? Or, mm-hmm. man, this is really rich in knowledge. How can I apply that? To, well, mm-hmm. How do I see that in yes. my life as, mm-hmm. in what God has done for me so that I can respond emotionally to him? And just mm-hmm. just being, being aware yes. of where you are and mm-hmm. how you're receiving Yeah. Stuff and trying to, to and trying to go toward right. the other way a little, so you can have a more pay attention to what you pay attention to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think I think just ultimately the the ultimate I don't know litmus test is the right ideology or 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 you know just something to keep in mind. But whenever we distort something that God communicates we end up in places that are not super great. Mm. And oftentimes when we emphasize truth, it becomes pride because it's about what we know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. And when we emphasize emotion, it's about greed 
on some level or another variation of pride because it's about what we feel or about how we feel mm-hmm. um, and the two working together motivate us back to the scriptures mm-hmm. when we and I think that's why it's important to have things like Sabbath and Salem moments to say think about what you're doing think about what's happening mm-hmm. because if I'm going along my merry way and I'm only interested in truth it's really easy to justify that because I'm learning about God mm-hmm. this is important mm-hmm. but if I'm not being affected by it it doesn't change my life in real meaningful ways it can change the way that you see things and make you incredibly judgmental if, <laughs> if it's all about that accumulation of knowledge mm-hmm. but when you're being affected by it emotionally it changes things and the same thing on the other direction if you can if you are if you are focusing so much on the experience and the emotion when the emotion isn't there somehow God leaves or your pr- appreciation of or or the, the effect of the truth on your life is gone because you're waiting for the next experience. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't matter right now. You would never say this. Right. But in, a, in an emotionally based situation, like God doesn't show up until you feel it. And how self-centered is that right. for us to say? But when we are looking for God, finding him in the truth and responding to that, that changes things because it's a, both, our, both our knowledge and our action are about him. The pleasure and the remembrance come together. If you can remember Christ delivering you and enjoy the pleasure of being delivered, it's just much more more sustainable. Absolutely. It's more lasting. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah? That's awesome. Cool. Um, (laughs) Do we have time? Do you want to just choose one (laughs) music and the scripture? Because you have three minutes. <laughs> yeah. We planned a little liturgy. <laughs> we did. We planned a little, a little bit of something. Let's. We've, it's a little longer if, than a little. <laughs> I think, so I think we're, we're, I think we've got enough time. If we, if everybody, if is everybody needing to leave right at eight o'clock? I'll leave when my kids show up at the door, but I can slip out. That's Perfect. not a big deal. It shouldn't take us too terribly long, but I wanted. I think we wanted to, to go through this a little bit. We want, sure. We want to encourage you guys just to join us. We've talked about it a lot. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about doing this a lot, and it's hopefully we can take a moment and do it together a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we've got some lyrics and things like that on the on the um, screen here. Just we want to encourage you to. We're not looking for big emotional like. There's no light show in here. There's no like <laughs> over the top, yeah, right? <laughs> right, but <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully in each of our hearts we can respond mm. and learn and grow, even through the minutest reminder of mm. of who Jesus is and yeah. what He's done in our lives.
searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever.
Glorious God, it is the flame of my life to worship thee, the crown and glory of my soul to adore thee, heavenly pleasure to approach thee. Give me power by thy spirit to help me worship now, that I may forget the world, be brought into fullness of life, be refreshed, be comforted, blessed. Give me knowledge of thy goodness that I might not be overawed by thy greatness. Give me Jesus, Son of Man, Son of God, that I might not be terrified, but be drawn near with filial love, with holy boldness. He is my mediator, brother, interpreter, branch, daysman, lamb. Him I glorify, in him I am set on high. Crowns to give I have none, but what thou hast given I return, content to feel that everything is mine when it is thine and the more fully mine when I have yielded to thee. Let me live wholly to my Savior, free from distractions, from kirking care, from hindrances, to the pursuit of the narrow way. I am pardoned through the blood of Jesus. Give me a new sense of it. Continue to pardon me by it. May I come every day to the fountain and every day be washed anew, that I may worship in thee always in spirit and truth. Amen. You were broken for the broken. You laid down your life that I might live. Sacrifice so undeserved. All I have to
to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect because of his goodness because of the fact that he's paid it all because he is the true and only one. We sing to him that we want to surrender our lives and give him our all. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Colossians 3 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one is a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. If you would read with us. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. give ourselves daily to him for all that he is, all that he's done, and all that he's promised. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, everybody. Um, would you just close us in a word of prayer? Sure. Father, so beautiful it is to 
sing even in a small room with a small group of people, um, all people that you have pursued and you know their entire life stories and the wild adventures that you have gone on to rescue them from their sin, to rescue us and find us wherever we were. So tonight, and as we propel this group back into the congregation, as we join back in um, among the saints, would we worship anew? Would we remember? Would we worship fully in spirit, fully in truth? Would you help us to find the places that we are weak, the places where we desire to grow? Would you help us to worship there? Would you help us to worship more deeply? Not for the sake of our own experiences and just our own personal blessing, but God, for the sake of your holy church. And these things we ask in your holy name. Amen. Thank you.